You're listening to Creativity Quest, hosted by me, author and writing mindset coach, Carrie Schaefer. Join me and my guests on our quest to ditch our doubts, dance with our demons, and delve into creative delight. Creativity Quest is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Now, let's get creative. I, as always, am super excited today because I have a podcast guest, and today I have for you uh, Suzanne Kelman, who is an amazing writer and also a friend, which always makes this so much more fun. Um, (laughs) Say hi, Suzanne. Hey. (laughs) I am going to um, read you uh, some stuff about Suzanne, and then we're going to talk, and hopefully the two of us can find a place to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) You read it, and I'll tell you if it's true. <laughs> oh, there we go. Spot <laughs> the lies in the bio. <laughs> right from the beginning. Okay. Suzanne Kelman is the Amazon international best selling author of the Rejected Writers Book Club, which was published by Lake Union. This is the first book in the South Lee Bay series. Also in the series, you can read the Rejected Writers Take the Stage and the Rejected Writers Christmas Wedding. Uh, let's see, in this fall, actually, I'm modifying this as I go. I just told Suzanne she needs to go. <laughs> She's playing out my bio as we go. Just send me, the, send me the edited version would be fabulous, Carrie. That would take <laughs> yeah, a lot of work. I'll, I'll make those changes and send it to you. And Suzanne is releasing her first historical fiction um, book this fall, which is based or not based on, but inspired by a true story. And it's called A View Across the Rooftops published by Book Book Couture, which is an imprint for Hachette in the United Kingdom. And we're going to talk about that book a little bit later. Suzanne is also an award-winning writer and screenwriter whose accolades include the Best Comedy Feature Screenplay Award from the LA International Film Festival, the Gold Award from the California Film Awards, and the Van Gogh Award from the Amsterdam Film Festival. And as if that's not enough, In 2015, her script, Held, was recognized by the Academy of Motion Pictures and was shortlisted to the top 10 in the Academy of Motion Pictures Nichols Fellowship Competition. As if being a screenwriter and a published author were (laughs) insufficient, and I am editing as I go, Suzanne is a playwright. Her award-winning comedy play, Over My Dead Body, had its world premiere at Outcast Theatre in Washington in the fall of 2019. And it's about to have its world class. It's November 1st. So unless this goes out before November 1st, that, the world premiere will be next month. Oh, the world premiere. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. this is not in the bio, but Suzanne was in a play last week, right? Shirley Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, she's just, you know, when you, when you talk to Suzanne, she is a going concern. She writes about a gazillion words a week. She's almost got multiple projects on the go. I'm just odd. I'm just a strange person. Before <laughs> you were strange and delightful, delightfully strange, not strange really at all. I, before we even get into that, what really impressed me and a point that I want to make um, is Suzanne is actually taking this week for rest, relaxation, and re- restoration, which is, and I'm just looking at you, and you just look so peaceful sitting there. I am. I'm feeling peaceful. I'm feeling very zen. Very zen. <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. I need a little zen. I have uh, everything you are, as you probably know, if you're following me at all, is officially out in the wild to, 
this yesterday. Yay! Uh, I wish I had the pom poms. Oh, oh, I have the, the pom poms. We need to have the pom poms. I do. I have pom poms for a little writing group thing that we need. To yeah, have. we need to do because the book came out yesterday, Carrie. Yay! <laughs> it was very exciting, and I need the rest and relaxation thing that you're doing. So I need to schedule that into my life somewhere, probably after my developmental edits are done. But anyways, I just I want to talk about that. What what inspired you? I mean, did you just feel that you needed this? Is this something that you usually do or what what got to you a, to slow down a little bit and take some time like well that? you know I think that it's really valuable I'm, I always like to see myself as a storyteller that's why I, I work in so many different genres and mediums but um I did you ever read the book Big Magic I'm gonna do a plug oh, for it yes absolutely I have it on my shelf and I know it's incredible and one of the things she really well after I read that book came home to me was how valuable being completely disconnected is for the writing process. And I think that where we think that we've got to be going, 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 and somehow that's going to be productive. When actually um, it has to be 50-50, you have to be taking as much time to allow ideas to come to you. And like I have a book that I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm meditating on at the moment. I'm thinking about, and I'm giving myself the opportunity to do that. So even though I am taking time off, I would say that's from the outward energy, like work, work, work energy. But yesterday, you know, I was sat thinking and pondering about this book. Where would it go? And then no writing, just literally allowing my subconscious to take itself on a journey. And I think that a lot of writers, when I, I can often read books, where you read it and you'll go, this writer was exhausted when she read this. She right. must have been deadline. She never got to finish that thought, particularly if it's a writer you've read before and you've known them to have great quality. I just read a book like that. I won't say who it was. And I go, God, I wonder what was going on in her life. Right. You know, when we're on these deadlines, you know, sometimes you just knock out what you can and because you don't have, you know, time to, to take that time. And so I think that if you can, not every writer can, but if you can take time, take some downtime and feel no guilt in it. Recognize that it is a really big part of your process. Right. You know, I really love that. Um, yeah. uh, Jill, uh, Jill Badonsky, who teaches the creativity coaching um, mm -hmm. work that I do, she calls it percolating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that, you, that you're percolating on something. And she's also very big on taking that, taking that downtime and, and stepping away. And I think Julia Cameron. The, the yeah, author, yeah. Her stuff. And you know, it's really good for the ego because the ego thinks it needs to be doing to produce. Right. The reality is, is that if you, re oh, that's what I loved about Big Magic. She talks about a, a genius being with you, not being a genius, but having a genius with you. She talks about them like the little people that are with you, you know, and it's like, you have to let go of your controlling a book or a story and allow the world to speak to you, allow that. And I'm not talking about, you know, real trees talking to you. I mean, go out in the forest, go out to the beach, go out to places where you can be open to what needs to come to you in that right. story. That's where the depth comes in. Sure. Any of us can knock out a first draft and it's, it gets us from A to B in 80,000 words, but the depth really comes in that 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 thought process that 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 digging and delving so i think it's really valuable i i agree with you and I, and i'm really see i told i told suzanne this morning she's the perfect person to have on the podcast today and <laughs> and i really mean that i meant it because she's just so wonderful and inspiring always for me to talk to and i know her so it's easy because i'm tired and i've been a little stressed but to to have that right now that's exactly what i needed to hear today so that's a yeah, little good 
simplicity is just that reminder to take the time to slow down, to take a step back, to listen, because I truly believe that too. I feel like yeah, have the idea for a book, it knows the shape that it needs to be. And if I can listen, I know, then I'll get it right. If I'm running into trouble, it's because I've been trying to force it in some way that it doesn't want to go. That that's you. And, and I actually think the bigger the problem you have in a book, that, that you have to step. But like I'm, I'm working on a book right now that, and I'll just this is a, the next book that's coming out in February. And I was talking to my publisher. We need a save the cat moment. Do you know what that means? Yes. Save the cat moment. Everybody I, else may not though. So yeah, I'll explain. Save the cat moment is when you have a, a character in the, in your writing or your play that you may not automatically connect with and the idea is to give them a moment of vulnerability or they do something that stretches you that makes the reader connect with them and makes them feel compassionate towards them like for example in the godfather you know we all felt we all connected with the godfather and they were they were mafia but it's because they were so family they loved their family so much that you automatically felt that and that was kind of the save the cat moment it was just their their connection as a family so it's looking for that moment in the story and so this is this is my little thing is she i said i just sent my edits back to her and i said i don't have my save the cat moment yet and instead of panicking about that, which is where my ego, my brain wants to go, I know that whatever save the cat moment is going to come to me is going to be big. So I have to wait and allow the universe, the world, God, whatever, whichever way you look at it, to open up what that's going to be. Right. And there's humility. And there's humility in that, you know, in, in not feeling like you've got to solve it and, and you've got to have your ego driving that then it really is, this is not about me. This is so much bigger than me. This is so much about me becoming a vessel for what needs to come through. And, and it just is a whole different experience when you allow that to happen. But it takes a lot of, not skill, because I'm, I'm a little fearful about deadlines, but I'm going, you know what? It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen because it has so many times before. Right, right. And I, and I love that. And that's trust. Yeah. And that trust is a exactly. big that's, that's something I have. Uh, here, I have to look at this. I have a... Um, yeah. I have a what am I looking at? <laughs> yeah, here. <laughs> I, I'll cut that maybe. I never cut. No, I'm not going to. Um, I have a thing. I'm just, I'm looking over here. Trust you have me. lovely breasts. <laughs> Thank you so much. The real ones tried to kill me. These were the, the substitute editions. So <laughs> I'm um, I'm just kidding. Come on. But yeah, what, hold, it up to the, hold it up to the camera. What was it? It, here, I have a sticky note on my um, on my. Desk. Oh, is that what you were showing me? Okay. And it says, um, "Trust that all is well." And, and then the control. I love that. That's yeah. so good. So, so that's been hanging out there. So I want to hear about Shirley Valentine. <laughs> well you know what I've wanted to do the play for 20 years before Shirley Valentine in the play is 42 and when I was in my 30s I go I would love to do this play because it was out in the 80s so I was like I don't know my 20s or something in the 80s and so I was like I would love to do this play but of course I had children and life was going on and and then I hit 42 and I thought I need to do the play because she's 42 right and and there was just not the right vehicle I was so busy and I was writing and all that's why I started my I started my writing career at 45 so it was like a, it was like so much was going on and I just finished a, a touring with a show and I was like I'm never ever gonna do this and I just got to the point where I just had to, I had to let it go. And you know what's really, this is a typical 
what we're just talking about moment, allowing things to happen at the right time. And the, the theater that I ended up performing Shirley Valentine at wasn't even built or didn't even, wasn't even there when I first put that on my wish, my board, you know, and I like to think that the universe went out and it, it, it created the theater for me and the vehicle for me to do this. Cause it was amazing. I went to see this artistic director. I, he said, what should, what show would you always want to do? I go, Shirley Valentine. I said, I have the script and everything. And he goes, let me read it. And I was like, Oh, okay. And you know, he said, right, we'll put it next year's season. And then I was like, Oh great. And then I was like, Oh crap. I got to learn like 65 pages of a script, you know, and it was like, okay, I didn't, I'd forgotten that, you know, cause at 40 at 35, it was much easier for me to learn a whole play. Cause in the movie, she has other characters, but on the stage show, it is just her the whole time, the two, oh, wow. the whole two acts, you know? And, um, so it, it, it has felt so good. It's, she's been a really hard character to let go of just because um, the story is such an incredible story. It's really well written. It's, it's, even though it was written in the 80s, it's not dated at all. I mean, some of, the, some of the phrasing is and the words, but not the story, which is about how it's important for us always to live the biggest life that we can. And so um, it was just, it's so neat to do that. And everybody came out, you know, people would hug me that I'd never met before and they wouldn't let go of me. And I was like, this is really odd because I've been in place before. And people normally just hug you and they say thank you. And they, but these people are like, I'm like, wow, okay, they really, really connected with this character <laughs> and they don't want to let me go. <laughs> I love that theme that being, you know, being, living, living well, big, a, right? Give you, there's a line that she says in it, which kind of sums it up. She says to me, if I saw, if I saw me, if I saw, I won't do it with the accent. If I saw that woman, I would say she's all right. I would say she wasn't remarkable. She's not going to go down in the history books, but she's alive in the time that she's living. And that kind of encapsulates the whole feeling of the play. Right. And um, I, I just loved it. I loved, I loved doing it. I loved being it. I, I, and it was such an achievement, like, to learn a whole script and, and perform it. So, yeah, it was a great play, and I loved doing it. I'd do it again in a heartbeat if somebody had let me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll happen. The maybe it'll happen. Yeah, now, I've, now I know the script. That would be great. Let's talk about Across the Rooftops, because... Okay. Here's, yeah, the, I've got little here's the other um yeah if you're watching on video Suzanne has a picture <laughs> of this lovely book cover and it is it's beautiful when she told me about this book mm -hmm. I literally got the little chills mm -hmm. which for me is a sign that this is a big book and I uh, I told her it's gonna be awesome so I'm very excited about it and um it comes out first off let's just talk about this it comes out when october it comes out the uh ebook comes out the 25th of october and the the paperback comes out the 31st of october yeah. halloween so yeah. i was like okay well that's an interesting day but there halloween, we go yeah. halloween book so is that going to be in the united states or because i know it's yeah 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 it, it sells on amazon over here and okay. it's in amazon over there too okay, so, yeah. okay so so tell us a little bit about what this book is about if you would so, I would. This is a. This was an absolute labor of love. I know that when I die, this will be probably be the book that people will remember me for, if if they remember me for anything, just because it was it was another one of those projects that came to me from a different. You know, it wasn't. I didn't go after this story. The story found me. Right. And um, it started ten years ago when I was talking to a friend of mine about all the story, all the things that we'd read or stories we talked about that had just completely moved us. 
And she was telling me that she'd read this story about in a Holocaust survivors museum um, about this one act that uh, this wasn't a Jewish person, but uh, did for a Jewish person. That was so, um, it so shocked me when she told me what this person did that I couldn't sleep that night. I just literally walked around the kitchen for probably two hours. And what it was, the story that, and if you read the story, you'll, you'll understand which, which event I'm talking about in it, is I realized, and what I realized was <clears throat> that it wasn't that, I'd always said I could lay my life down, like we'd lay our life down for our kids or whatever we'd say. But I realized this one act, I wasn't sure if I was capable of it. And it really shocked me that there was something out there that I didn't think I could do for another human being. Right. And it really challenged that, that thought in me. How far would I go to save another person's life? Wow. And, and that is a big question, I think, for all of us. It's a huge question. We would like to believe that, you know, I exactly. would to believe I would save somebody, but I don't know. Well, you, if you read the book, you may go, I see what you're talking about. And the reality was with this particular story was <clears throat> that it started out as a screenplay. We, we, we wrote it. I, I, so the, to finish the story, I called the girl up who told me the story and I go, we have to write this. Will you, are you going to write it? I'll support you. She goes, will you write it with me? And I said, sure. So we sat down and we knocked that whole screenplay out in a week around my kitchen table. <clears throat> Normally it takes me three months to write a screenplay, but it just took us a week because it's literally the story downloaded it was yeah. the weirdest it was one of those stories so wow. and we just knew that it was going to go places that it, that it wanted to be told and it did really well as a screenplay as I said it went to the academy the academy had it in the top 10 for Nichols fellowships and but it never really went that next step and so I was kind of sad put it aside then my agent and I were talking about different books I had available or ideas and I told her the story and I told her the whole story and what happens and what this, this guy does for another person and she was like, okay, you've got to write that. And so I said, okay. So I spent another year writing it as a book. And I'm so glad I did. And the reason I think it was meant to come out as the book first, before it became a movie, if it ever becomes a movie, is because I was able to tell all these unsung hero stories. And the great thing about it was I, wa I didn't want to tell a story about these incredible hero heroic pe people, not that there weren't those people. But I wanted to tell a story that were people like me that were taken to such an extreme in their life that they find themselves doing incredibly brave things that they never in a thousand world would have done. These are secretaries that worked in, you know, wherever. These are people that were old people that were housebound. I mean, these were just, these were people that did these amazing things because of the time that they were in and because of what they wanted to, how they wanted to hold on to their culture and their, and their, their humanity, their humanity, you know? And so it was great. That's why I think it wanted to come out as a book first, because I could really tell all of these stories, you know? And so the big, obviously the book's a lot bigger than the screenplay, so. Yeah, that's I see. I have chills again just talking. I know it's. I do too. Every time when I talk about, I'll just do the last little thing about it. When I when we actually started to research it, we didn't know where this story was from. It, it would have been ten years before that she'd seen this story, and she didn't remember which regime which she was in. Blah blah blah. So we said, well, we'll do some research and see the best place to set it. And we started reading about Holland. And that's where we ended up setting it because I had not heard much about Holland and the resistance. And one thing that struck me was that 120, or it might be 140, it's in my book, 1,000 Jewish people were taken out of the Netherlands, all the Netherlands together. And only 5,000 came back. They took the biggest hit as a population of Jewish people that, were, that didn't return home. And 30,000, 30,000 were saved in Holland 
in people's basements and their attics and their barns. And I still get emotional when I talk about it because I'm like, these people who starved through a hunger winter saved, basically saved the whole nationality of people the dutch jews and so i just felt like thirty thousand. my gosh that's a lot because i know and you if you read you're reading my book through the hunter winter they were winter they were eating they were eating wallpaper they were eating tulip bowls they were starving and they were feeding these people that were they were in their attics so to me it was like okay we're going to totally set it here just it just is the right yeah yeah that's awesome i apologize to whoever story this is we just borrowed it (laughs) (laughs) and set it in a great place so yes wonderful if you found the person whose story it would be really really i've i that's my little secret wish is that i would meet the family of this person and that they would tell me yeah it was my dad it was my great grandfather it would be amazing to do that just because it's been such an inspiration to me i'd get very emotional i'm sure so (laughs) yeah absolutely that's that's just absolutely fantastic and i love your creative approach to life and the way that you do so many different creative things and kind of weave them all together. And I know you do t- you take a little bit of time to play with art and that kind of thing as well. You can see behind Suzanne's head, she has oh, yeah, my boards for planning. Yeah. <laughs> um, really quick. Cause we're, we're, um, we're running out. See, we're running out of time already. I just, I just keep talking. So I do want to just like two minutes or less uh, talk about your really amazing process, how you talk your stories out and are working like three at a time. Like we're, we're not going to get into all the details of that, but no. And I, I'm actually hoping next year I'm going to be workshopping this and I'm hoping to actually write a book because I want to help other writers do the same thing sure. if, if this process works for them. And I know that for some people it doesn't work and that's fine. That is not for, that is for people who've said, I, this would work for me. And so um, last year, when I was writing Hells, oh, sorry, it's called A, Ro- a View Across the Rooftop. The, the stage play was called, the, the screenplay was called Hell. So sometimes I use it inter- interchangeably. Hell is the Dutch word for hero. So oh, I'm sorry about oh. this. When we were writing Hell, that's why. Yeah. So um, when I was, was writing Hell, um, it took me like a year and a half to write that book. And I was like, gosh, I'm already 54. It's going to take me like, you know, I'll be lucky if I read and write another 10 books in my lifetime, you know, before I start to, you know, start to maybe not want to do this anymore. So I was like, how can I make this process faster? And what I realized was that my, for us to sit for three hours and just concentrate on writing is actually quite intense for us, you know, any of us. Not factoring in dogs, animals, husbands, UPS guys. I mean, it's a lot just to sit and try and make yourself write for three hours. And so what I thought is, how can I take the whole process and break it down into bite-sized chunks? So over that three hours, instead of sitting writing for three hours, I'm doing four different things so that the minute that I'm done with God I don't want to write another adverb I can actually go to plotting or I can go to revving which is what I do um, I actually speak out my first drafts so it was like it was like revolutionary to me so then I had to figure out how to do it and so now in a three hour time I I, I basically it's like my Facebook you know instead of going to Facebook I go to plotting instead of going to this I go to I go to um, I go to my my cards you know start writing things down and so obviously I can't get into the total process of how it all works because that would take a whole day but um, but I would just like what it what it was really encouraging to me was and I can do this and I think that that even if you don't know my even if you don't follow the method that I use start thinking about how can I break down the process so if if I'm having a day where I'm tired 
I'm not forcing myself to write. I've got my cards. I'm at the beach. I'm just writing a few things down or I'm at my favorite park or I'm walking. And you're still working because you still have this big overview of what you're doing. Sure. And so that w when I realized that, then I realized I could actually, what, what we call in the film industry, layer projects, which you literally, I can be, that's why I work on three books at the same time, which sounds a lot. But if you think about it, we read three books at a time. I'm always reading three or four books at sure. a time. Yeah, you know, so you don't, it's not like you go, oh, now who's this character again? Sometimes, but I mean, most of the time, you know where, you, you know, give yourself five minutes, you remember which book you're in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I actually, literally, um, were able to figure out a system that meant that I wrote eight fast, first drafts last year, over this last year. And so I want to do another, second draft is different and third draft, I'm still figuring out how long that's going to take me. But my aim was to get as many first drafts out as I possibly could, because that's the hardest point for me, is yeah. getting that first. Yeah, that's the hardest part for me too. So we're going to have to stop there, but I think keep this in mind because whenever Suzanne has this class ready to go, yeah. she'd be offering it as an online class, honestly, so people can access it. That's what um, I want to do is do it I online. Will, I will make sure that I let all of you people know so that you can um, find it and I will certainly help market that. So that's about it for today. Um, it's so exciting. It's totally awesome. Show your book again for those who are okay. watching. All right. Video. A view across the rooftops, which is really awesome. And I should show you mine. I don't have one on my desk, but I can show you the audio. Oh, yay! Oh, Everything I have to You have such beautiful covers, Carrie. They do such a beautiful yes, job with your covers, yeah. don't they? And the audio for this book is really yummy. So um, if and you like audio, this is a good one to try. And that's about it for today. I was say, and I have a new book coming up in February, oh, yeah. When We Were Brave, which when is we about a female spy, a, f a female British spy, which is oh. a real which is the book I'm working on right now. So oh, it sounds I know wonderful. that's a bit down the line, but I just thought I'd throw that oh, in. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the title. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I and love being with you. Listening or watching, you know, I am now going to tell you it's your turn. Go do something creative. And Suzanne and I are going to, well, I'm going to get back to work and Suzanne's going to go like. Chill. I'm going to go paint. <laughs> How cool is that? I know. It's great. I love, I love down week. <laughs> yeah. I need a down week. I'm going to, I'm going to find myself. Take it, Kerry. Find some time. Because you will, you'll really help your writing when you, when yeah. you're done with it, you know. I totally, I totally believe you. I agree with that. So, all right. Okay. okay take care. All right. Bye, Thank you for Bye.